0: Welcome to the Amazon Hustle Podcast, hosted by six-figure Amazon seller and Amazon content creator, Lewis Moore III, aka LM3. Now, let's start this week's episode. But first, don't forget to like and share the podcast on your social media accounts. Okay, Seth, so can you just kind of tell, tell the people who you are and exactly what it is that you do?
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I'm Checkmate Flips. My name's Seth. I sell on Amazon just about all online arbitrage, and most of it is eBay to Amazon.
0: Um,
1: Basically, what I do is I purchase stuff from eBay. I sell it back on Amazon. A lot of it is like office products, electronics, uh, computer accessories, just a lot of stuff like that. So most of the time, I don't have to leave my house, um, just have the stuff shipped and uh, send it to Amazon.
0: That's nice. I am very interested in this um, uh-huh. eBay to Amazon eBay. flip because I've heard you talk about it and I've heard Steve from um, Rake and Profits also also talk about it. So can you, like you say that you do office supplies. So are you talking about like staplers or like chairs or, or like paper or like what type, what type of um, office supplies?
1: That just cracked me up like chairs would be, I mean, you, I guess you could do chairs. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> something like a printer, something like a scanner something like a docking station. Okay. Just something like that, that either someone who's self-employed or a business or someone who's just needs to make money doing stuff in the office is going to need for their business.
0: And then these are used items? A lot of what I'm doing
1: is used. Okay. Yeah. 80% used.
0: And when you're doing these type of um, items, do you still follow like the normal um, sales rank and like all that type of stuff? Like how, like, how do you determine what to buy and what not to buy?
1: That's a good point. Um, I go by sales rank. Mm-hmm. So you can basically look at a listing and if it's a good sales rank, and usually we're just looking at new offers, right? Regular online arbitrage and a lot of listings that aren't even a used offers on them, but a lot of these higher end electronics will have a used market. And so if you see there's people with like three, 500 feedback on a listing used like they probably know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That combined with the fact that there's a good sales rank on it um, makes it so that there's a a really high chance that things are going to sell. So I still do test buys just in case there's a certain dynamic where the new is getting all of the sales, Mm -hmm. but almost all the time, if the new is selling well, like the used is also going to sell well.
0: When you're talking about test buys, because I would think that you're only buying like one like one printer or one docking station or one stapler. So like, how do you do with the test buys? Like, how does that work? Because because okay, like I guess my question would would be, are you buying multiple of these items? Like, if you find a printer and it sells good, are you searching for more of these same printers?
1: Exactly. But oftentimes it is going to be like one purchase from one seller, another purchase from another seller. Mm-hmm. So let's say I find a docking station and it looks like I could stay in stock and sell like 10 a month.
0: Okay.
1: I would do a test buy of three to five or something and they're $50 docking stations, for example. Okay. Instead of, instead of purchasing like all 10 or trying to be like super, super deep in stock, just buying everything off eBay, like looking for it forever I would, I would start a little bit lighter just to make sure that the three that I sent into Amazon actually do sell.
0: Right. Okay. I don't know how to phrase this question. So I'm gonna try to talk it out. You're all all good. All good. Okay. So my question is when you're looking, I'm I'm gonna use the printer again. Like how much are you looking to buy it for? And then how much are you looking to sell it for on Amazon? And I know you can't give me like a regular number, but like what percentage, like, are you trying to get like 30% ROI on it? Or like, how does that work out?
1: Yeah. I usually look for a 40% ROI.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: So it's a higher ROI. And I do that because in a regular online arbitrage, you'd probably be happy with a 30% ROI. A lot of people would be. Um, and I kind of agree with that. But with used electronics, there is a higher return rate. So I like to have a higher ROI to kind of offset that, you know, okay. Every once in a while, there's going to be like issues with the the thing that you purchased and it's not going to work as well as you thought it was going to work. And that doesn't happen that much, but it's still good to have a higher ROI just in
0: case. That makes that makes sense. Okay, when you are looking for these items, do you only sell items that you know or do or like would you buy like an item that you didn't like didn't even know existed like like do, like okay when you get the item how much time do you spend with the item before you ship it off to amazon do you do like do you test it out or do you work with it at all like how does that work how do i
1: say this i i kind of went the more risky scale approach and i've been sending prep center oh yeah so yeah so i don't touch most of my items uh, the return rate is higher though. So I do get some removal orders and then adapt I'll test them, make sure that they work and I'll send them back in if they do work and it was just a customer like said something about it.
0: Right. Uh,
1: or I'll liquidate it.
0: Okay. Yeah, because because that was gonna be my next question because I have two questions. So you, so you find an item on eBay, you send it into your prep center. If it gets returned, it gets returned to you. And then do you ship it back to the prep center or do you ship it directly into Amazon then?
1: Yeah, so if I if I end up having the item sent back to me, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and test it, make sure that like everything's working with it, and I'll just ship it out.
0: Okay, and if the item doesn't work, do you ever go back to the um, eBay customer? I mean, to the um, person that you bought it from on eBay, or do you just liquidate it, like you said?
1: I usually just liquidate it because by that time, by the time it's been into an Amazon warehouse, so much, so much time returned. Like I'm not going to be able to return it, so. Thankfully, that doesn't happen very much where it was just like a complete loss.
0: I'm really interested in this because I'm like you are the only two people that I that I heard talk about this. So what made you go this route on because it is online arbitrage. So what made you go this route instead of the normal grocery health and beauty looking on? Um, sites to find sales like what like what made you go this way
1: it kind of started back last year I don't know if you were familiar with the restock limits that happened last year
0: yeah Yeah. I had to ship back 3,000 items so yeah
1: it it was a it was a hard time for me as well and that Mm -hmm. when I was in the book game the used book game me too what happened with you you what happened
0: with me is that when it is 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 that when the um, stock limit hit, I I was up to five thousand books, but I got hit with the stock limit twice. The first one I got stock I got um shot down to three thousand, and then the second one I got shot down to two thousand. So that made me have to go through all my books and any and um anything that was over one million, I got shipped back to me, and then that's when I started doing FBM also.
1: Wow, yeah, yeah, I had a very similar experience with books. I I was. For the limit, they cut me to around half of what I like had in my inventory at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I fire sold a lot of stuff. I repriced, I removed higher ranked books. And then I also realized, you know, like if I just do some RA and actually send some stuff in, that's going to move quick. Even if it's like I allocate like 300 slots to these Mm -hmm. fast RA items, even if they're... Um, break-even items, like my restock limits are going to go up. I can keep having this book business the way I want to. I got more and more into RA and eventually into OA. I realized there's actually a lot of money to be made here. And this is actually pretty good gig. So my in-laws actually were retiring their business and they were selling their office building. And they knew that I resold and they're like, Hey, if you come help us, like you can sell these items too, if you want to. And I'm like, sweet. Like that sounds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that right. sounds like a good gig right yeah and so it was an office building that they had had for like 20 years so you can imagine
0: how much the, stuff they had there
1: electronics like really weird niche older stuff that isn't even in demand well it isn't even like being sold by regular retailers anymore mm-hmm. but there's a niche audience of people who had the same cassette player 12 years ago and want the same one. So therefore there's enough of a market for it on Amazon. So um, got to look up a bunch of items. A bunch of items didn't sell well. Mm-hmm. A bunch of items did sell well. And the ones that sold well, I really wanted more of those. And I knew that they were discontinued. So where else am I going to look besides eBay?
0: So what made you decide to sell those items on Amazon instead of just going to eBay?
1: Because the price is like 1.5X one, 1. Oh,
0: on Amazon. okay. Okay. Yeah
1: yeah it's it there's so much more demand on amazon eBay eBay is great you can it's almost like the wild west compared to amazon I say that
0: all the time i that is exactly yeah. what i say that is exactly what i say
1: yeah it's it's the wild west it's a it's a fun place but if you're a customer are you going to buy something from amazon or eBay like probably from amazon um,
0: i always you, say sorry i um i always say that like eBay it's like the guy that's, that's in the alley that holds open his jacket and he has like the things <laughs> hanging out. And the Amazon is the person who like, who, who actually has the store. So yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> what you mean. Um, How did you get into selling on Amazon?
1: Yeah. So speaking of eBay and Amazon, I was an eBay seller for probably a year before I sold on Amazon. So back in 2019, my, my younger brother comes home from college and I was a student as well at the time, okay. and he, bro. I've been making six hundred dollars a month selling used clothing online. Like, oh, what the heck? That's that's weird, and uh, that's cool extra money. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. And always kind of wanted to do flipping on the side and like make money buying and selling things, um, but never really knew how to. Like, never encountered the content that I needed to, and actually to learn how to do it. Um, but he kind of showed me the ropes. So I sold used clothing on Depop for maybe six months. Mm-hmm. Eventually got the hang of it a little bit and started selling on eBay. Um, the whole pandemic happened, and I got basically a indefinite break from school. Um, mm-hmm. because, Like, I didn't know when we were going to go back to class and mm-hmm. go back to internship. Right. So, like hey i guess i'm an ebay full-time seller (laughs) let's go (laughs) right and it was just the perfect opportunity honestly because i don't know if i would have taken the leap to be like i'm gonna do this full-time if it Mm -hmm. wasn't indefinite break right were Um, you
0: i'm sorry when you had when the break for a school started because of the pandemic, were you already making a full time income from doing um, eBay?
1: Yeah, I was doing it was a very it was a single guy full time income. OK, it was,
0: OK, uh,
1: it was a little full time income, but it was like enough to like get by and right. like pay the bills. And like if it's something that I enjoy doing rather than something else, like I was willing to
0: do that. Nice. And then um, where did Amazon come in?
1: Yeah. And so later that year, I wanted a side hustle to my side hustle.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: And that was going to be used books from garage sales. And I'm like, yeah, I'll send in a couple hundred dollars profit Amazon FBA. Mm -hmm. I'll keep sending in my eBay inventory. And slowly but surely, I realized, oh, it's so much easier to find Amazon inventory than eBay inventory. And I don't have to list it in the same way that I do
0: eBay (laughs) Exactly. I, hate exactly. Listing. I don't Me know if too. you feel that way,
1: but yeah, you have you have stuff you have to list. Like I hate listing. So I was so much happier to just be like, you know, like maybe I'll do 70% Amazon FBA and then 90% Amazon FBA. And then I kind of phased off the eBay eventually.
0: That is honestly exactly how my um transition from eBay to Amazon went. Like my first overall reselling was in eBay. I was selling a lot of shoes. And you know, apparel has a lot of high returns. So not only did did I have to create the listing, then I had to go back and forth with the customer, talking to the customer, packing everything. And then doing like a lot of research about how to be a better eBay seller, you find other sellers who do Amazon also. So I was like, hmm, let me do Amazon. And then I moved into doing used books and it was so much easier to get used books and then just to ship them into Amazon and then just let that happen. than to doing eBay, then that um, eventually I just was like, I really don't want to do eBay any, anymore. I could just put the time that I'm putting in, into eBay, give that to Amazon and then just do Amazon. So that's kind of how I got into it also. Yeah, and exactly.
1: And it's like, when you're doing eBay, especially if you're doing shoes and apparel and stuff, mm-hmm. I, did, I did shoes and apparel as well, actually, mm-hmm. half and half. And like, by the time, I don't know how fast you were at listing. I was never that fast. I was terrible. Yeah. It was like, if I was hustling, it was probably like five to seven minutes for, for like the listing pictures, et cetera. And then like five to seven minutes for the shipping.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just like every time you sell something, it has, you have to have a 15 minute investment of your time not even sourcing the item. And so being able to source an item and then like put a little sticker on it and then put it in a box and send it to Amazon, like a two minute investment was just so much better.
0: Exactly. So you were doing books. How long did you do books, use books on Amazon before you, before you decided, wait, okay. You were doing use books and then you moved to RA or did you go straight to OA? I went to
1: RA first. So i It was late. um, I'm trying to get my years straight. So late uh, 2020. I started books in August of 2020. Mm -hmm. I did books until May of 21. So what is that like 10 months? Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing that for the first few months. I was kind of like getting my feet wet, like not really knowing what what I was doing. Kind of came across the hundred book challenge uh from matthew osborne i don't know if you've heard of that but basically i've never
0: never heard of that
1: the challenge was basically send in 100 books per week Mm -hmm. um and do that for like like 12 weeks and then see how you do kind of thing. It, it was more inspirational than I'm making it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, it is boring.
0: <laughs> and then um, how did that challenge, challenge, challenge go? Being consistent to, cause, cause I know when I first decided to be serious with books, my goal was to send in 100 books, A week I got up to to doing like 300 but um like when I first started to to be serious it was like 100 and then that's when I saw the sales really start to come in so did you see the same thing
1: yeah I definitely saw the same thing um eventually as I kept doing that consistently Mm -hmm. like well like you know I'm I blink and I'm at like 150 and then like if I just put a little bit more work in I'm over 200 books a week sending in and like if you're sending 200 plus books a week in you're probably going to make good money unless you're sending in like 50 cent books. So yeah, yeah, definitely. You see the commitment and the change when you actually send in a regular amount of books every single week.
0: So you don't do books anymore, right? No.
1: I do it for fun every once in a while, but not too much.
0: Is that because you just learned how to do something else or did you, because I've learned this with a lot of booksellers. It's, it's, it starts off fun, and it starts off new, but then they get to a point to where they find out about RA and OA and easy. Cause like, I always recommend people on my channel, if you have a, like a small income, then you should start with books cause you can get books really, really cheap and you can sell them for like a good a good profit. But I always say, you don't want to stick with books cause the work, cause it comes to a point to where the work outweighs the actual benefit. And there's easier ways to make money once you have enough money to invest in that. So that you get to the point where you like, all right, this is too much work. Let me move to something else, or did you just gradually move to something else?
1: Yeah, it was the restock limits, definitely. I was, I was, um, I knew it was a lot of work, but I was willing to do the work and like the plan, I was gonna make like 90k that year with books. Oh wow. Like, oh like I had it all mapped out. I'm like, if I have this many books in stock with this much average profit, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I was gonna be able to do that, but that didn't work out because mm-hmm. I didn't that many books, so right. I had to transition to r a o a and after several months of that i'm like, oh i 'm glad restocking has happened because like this is actually an easier path to making good money with amazon nice,
0: nice, and when you mm-hmm. were doing r a what categories were you looking 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 for, or like what categories were you selling in for a while,
1: I was doing grocery because that was the main thing that I got when gated in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a trader, a couple of Trader Joes close to me, so there was good inventory from Trader Joes as long as you were sneaky about it because they don't <laughs> like resellers. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah, they don't like. They really don't like resellers. They're kind of like Target.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Um, I've been a Target, and I've been kicked out of Targets for like scanning. I've been kicked out of Targets for filming and scanning.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. film in either.
0: No, no. They hate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Trader Joe's doesn't like filming either. They thought I was filming because I was on my phone the whole time. Uh-huh. Like, nope, I'm just on my phone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, they 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 said that they were gonna call the police for trespassing, and I'm like, it's a store. Stuff, right? But yeah, I did a lot of grocery. Eventually, I started doing like Walmart clearance, so kind of whatever was there. Mm-hmm. Um, couple bolo type items from walmart um i was doing like car speakers there was a certain car speaker that was like okay 140 profit at the time oh so wow speaker it was like wow cool. i just made a day's worth of work on this one speaker
0: oh wow that's that's crazy so doing ra at what point did you decide what was it was it your in-laws um doing the um going out of business was is that what got you to doing oa or did you start doing oa before that
1: Yeah, I was doing a little OA before that because as I was doing RA, I was, I took the Hustle Buddies like replenishable course. Okay. They were talking about how you can find replenishable items that you can buy over and over again. Um, It was geared towards RA and OA.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So I was finding replenishable RA items, even if it was just like McCormick, like baking spice or whatever that would make like $3 profit each or something. Mm -hmm. And eventually I realized, you know, like why not just purchase these online instead of going to the store. Right. Some of them I was able to, some of them I wasn't able to, but slowly but surely it was like 10% OA, Mm -hmm. 9% RA. And then suddenly it was like 25%. It just kind of gradually happened like that for me. I don't know. How did it happen for you? Like what's your mindset
0: around that? I actually, I've been selling on Amazon for Two years last week, I've been selling on Amazon. I was selling on eBay for like six months before that. But then once I found Amazon, I was like, I'm not doing eBay any anymore. So I'm, I moved to Amazon. And for the first year, I was selling nothing but used books. But then the pandemic happened and all the stores got shut down. And, and I wasn't able to go to thrift stores any anymore to get books. So the person who taught me how to sell on Amazon was like, you should get ungated in groceries because grocery stores will never close because people always have to eat. So I, so I started doing groceries and then I learned about replans. And when I learned about replans, I started focusing in on getting the, the same items over and over, but then it got to a point with doing RA and doing replans. I will be driving around to four different stores, trying to stock up to be able to get enough items to send in. And then that's when I found out about OA and I was like, Hmm, I could probably go to more websites in the in hour than I could ever go to doing more stores. And then that's how I got into doing online arbitrage
1: exactly yeah you can like best case scenario is like what like three stores an hour all right like barely back. yeah rushing it. that's rushing yeah. it if yeah. they're all close exactly. together and you know exactly where to go exactly like, in reality is you know what aisle the thing is you're looking for and you go to that aisle and it's not quite there and you spend like seven minutes looking around for it and then you mm-hmm. have like five things exactly
0: exactly purchase it online exactly so which which amazon model do you like the best doing used books which i which i call that thrifting arbitrage because it's still kind of doing arbitrage so do you like the thrifting arbitrage the retail arbitrage or the online arbitrage i
1: like online arbitrage the best it's if you have money to spend it's the best hourly if you're doing it right Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: and i like thrifting arbitrage a lot too there are some times where Either like I've spent my budget for OA and mm-hmm. I just like high ROI. Right. So thrifting, thrifting arbitrage is just amazing. Like I went yesterday and I, I think I spent like 40 bucks and it was like $500 profit.
0: Was, is, was that all, all books or?
1: It was like half, um, maybe 70% books and then some other like odds and ends and stuff. So okay. um, did pretty well that day. That's not always
0: uh, yeah. normal.
1: Um, it's cool when like you've hit your sourcing budget and you're like, you know, I need something else.
0: Okay. I want to talk more about this um, eBay to Amazon flipping. Cause I am very interested in that because like I said, I just started doing online arbitrage a couple of months ago and I got to the point where I'm not a professional at all, but I kind of know what I'm doing. I know how to work the softwares that I'm looking for. I know how to do my store, my um, storefront stalking or my manual listing and all that. So I think I'm ready to kind of add something else to it. So Somebody that's new like me. First off, how much money do you think I would have to get in Okay, first off, what categories would you recommend somebody does when they're trying to do eBay to Amazon?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm personally biased towards office products, electronics, and like computers and accessories. Um also, you you just talked to Steve, I think, and he yes. does these DVDs is actually another really good category because kind of like used books, it's really easy to prep. Like there's little to think about when prepping books or DVDs.
0: Um,
1: So that's one big perk. But if you know your way around, like how to make sure that like certain electronics work and most of the time it's just learning how to like turn the item on (laughs) easy. (laughs) You can do used electronics and it's uh, it's a uh, larger Profit per item because a DVD, it might be like 10 to 40 bucks profit, per, which is still like great. Right. Um, but then a used electronic, like there are some items that you can buy over and over again that are $100 profit plus. Oh, wow. Just have them sent to your house. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, so as far as categories, honestly, it's such an open answer. You can kind of do whatever you want.
0: Right. Okay. So I like your office supply thing so um we're well not thing. your office supply model so if i wanted to go into office supplies or um office yeah office supplies how much money would somebody need like would you recommend that they start off with
1: kind of like you know how we were talking about the transition from ra to oa yes oh so that was a i was doing 10 percent OA, and then 90 ah, okay if you want to probably the simplest, easiest, low risk way is to be like, are there like one to three items that I've sold in the last six months that were expensive that have margin if I purchase from eBay instead of just not being able to keep them in stock because they're like discontinued or something. Mm -hmm. But there's like a couple things that you've sold in the past that you can look and see like, hey, I sold these for like 140. Like, is there anywhere I can get them for 80 bucks on eBay or something or 70 bucks on eBay? Um, I think that's the easiest way to get started. And so that is a low risk way. Um, but but then with that question, it's like, how much money are you wanting to make as right. well? If you if you just use $1,000, like maybe you'll make another several hundred dollars a month. But mm-hmm. um, like if that's on top of, like the rest of your business and you slowly start to invest more
0: into it? Okay. So I was saying that my mindset, when I first started selling, started, started doing reselling, especially on um, Amazon, I was pretty much broke. So I did use books because I didn't have a lot of money. So I was so used to buying books for 50 cents to like a dollar that I'm so used to buying low level, not low level, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Cheap stuff. So when you say like spending $70 and $80 on an item, I'm like, what? Wait, hold on. So do you have any tips that that can maybe get me to like, because like I'm, because like I'm asking this, because even with groceries and like with um health and beauty items, like the most I'll spend on an item is like six or $7. So my, so my um average sale price is only like $20. So how do I raise my average sale price? Is it like what you said just start off slow with like a couple of items and then slowly build it up from that or like what?
1: Curious though, when your average sale, your average buy price is like 10 bucks, let's say, mm-hmm. you're probably just buying one, right?
0: Um, yes. Okay. If it's like, okay, like if it's under five dollars, then I'll go in and I can and like I'll buy twenty or or 30 of it, but if it's like $10, I get really iffy and then I'll maybe two, three at the most.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, there are things that you can purchase from eBay that are lower price, especially if you're thinking like smaller items, like something like a calculator. There are some calculators that are a buy cost of between 10 to $50 that you can make good money with as well. Okay. With if you're trying to keep your average buy cost down, something like big probably isn't going to work the best for you because just thinking about like how an eBay seller has to ship that to you, make mm-hmm. it worth it, you're going to have to pay up a little bit more for it to be worth your time. But mm-hmm. something a calculator or something small, like a DVD, um, something small, like, um, like there's some health and beauty discontinued things that you can get from eBay that are mm-hmm. cost. Um, the, the reason I was saying before, like, are you just buying one of them is because if it's that $5 item and you have bought like 20 of them, that's what, like $100? And so yes. you can just, you can kind of just think of that as like, well, instead of that being 20 items, that's just your, your one big item that's going to make you a set amount of money, right? same amount of risk.
0: Another problem that I may have is like, I understand when you're saying that instead of buying that $5 item 20 times, you can just buy that $100 item one, one time. Is, I'm worried about how long it's, it's, it's going to sit before I can use that $100 or that $150 again to buy more items. So does that just go to buying items that like sell quicker? That just goes into sales ranking like um, volume, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I always take a look at, how fast I think the item's going to sell. Like I do the, um, I don't know if you've used the Jumbo Scout free sales estimator. No. Um, you can either use that or you can use the seller amp. I sales
0: use, sorry. Um, Helium 10 has one that like I use and then they'll say, oh, this this sells 40 times a month or 50 times a month.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, that'll work as well, I think. It's basically, I, I kind of get a ballpark of like this, this whole listing sells 40 times a month there's 20 sellers on the listing. 10 of them are competitive and I'm coming in as the 11th. And so therefore like this should be around three to three four hours. sales. Yeah.
0: Right. So then that's like so, one, every, and one every week or so. Yeah.
1: And so I, if you want to keep like two weeks of stock, month of stock, I, I would never purchase over that. Okay. Um, Unless I made a big mistake, which I've done a couple of times.
0: If I wanted to increase my average sale price, would you say that I should just buy more expensive things?
1: I was thinking about it for the last couple of minutes. And now that I think about it, like we were both doing books and our average buy cost was like a dollar, right? Like was normal for us. And so like, how did we get to a point where spending 20 times on a $5 item, like made sense to us and like, wasn't so risky. Right. You know, I remember like going to a Walmart and spending like $700 in a day was like absolutely nuts at one point. Um, and I, I feel like it comes by growing the, however much you're wanting to spend in a week, mm-hmm. Um because i'm I'm sure you get you have spend goals at some like in in some way in your business, and like if you increase those spend goals, most likely you're gonna be more comfortable with spending a bit more money per item
0: honestly, um I just started Maybe not. A- I'm um, not. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay <laughs> no, no 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 I'm I'm just saying honestly I just started like setting up spangos cuz when I was doing books I always had more money than I had books so I never really had to say I'm going to spend this amount of money cuz I always ran out of books before I ran I ran out of money yeah so like now it's just getting into the point to where with online arbitrage that I actually can spend more money. So I'm, so I'm trying to do that now. So this whole online arbitrage thing is like very new to me. So I'm trying to figure that all out, but that makes sense.
1: Yeah. As you like set the spend goals and see like, okay, like I spent $800 this month and that equated to this much in sales. And you realize, Oh, well, if I just bump it up to 1200 a month, like my sales are going to go up by like 20, 30%. Right. You start to see that. It starts to get you excited about like about spending the more money because you know that you just have to spend more money mm-hmm. on profitable stuff and like maintain your ROI. And that's how you get to do more sales. Mm-hmm. It's scary at first, definitely. Yeah.
0: I want to ask you, when you started, what was it, three years ago now? 2019, right? When you first started doing eBay. Did you yeah. think, because you on your instagram you post your number so you are like you don't mind doing that so did you think when you first started that it would end up being to where you're at now
1: no no <laughs> yeah not at all um at that point i i had just started selling i i think a month in i had listed like 10 items and i'm like why am i not getting any sales? <laughs> getting any sales right <laughs> like why 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 does why does ross my friends like on my friend like have more sales than me mm-hmm. like bro he he's worked harder than you like you need to put a little put a yeah, little more yeah so yeah did not think i would be selling full-time income whatsoever no
0: did not Do think you, so now where you're at now. What are your future goals? do you like plan you like you like I would bet that you have a future or future plan or no uh
1: no, no future For <laughs> no, I'm kidding,
0: okay, okay,
1: yeah, so a lot of this year, kind of talking about the spend goals, the way to do that to an extreme level is use credit and loans mm-hmm. to help you do that, so I was doing that a lot of this year um early twenty twenty two and Eventually, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, having a huge credit card bill over my head to the point where if I got suspended with all of my inventory, I would be net worth negative is not for me. I don't want to be in that situation. I've made too much profit to be in this situation. So um, literally just this week, I paid off all of my business debt and I'm running the cash now. Oh, wow the The next couple months goal is to get into a rhythm of like spending my money on inventory and like having that work with cash instead of mm-hmm. basically. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the goal for me right now and maintaining profit margins as well.
0: Your um, answer to my question brought up two more questions. And the first question I want to ask you is that when people sell online a lot of uh, like a like a lot of people will sell their own brand on their own website and they own the website and they own the brand so how do you deal with you're selling on Amazon and you don't own the actual platform so something can happen to where it shuts down your whole business how do you kind of like do you even think about that or like is that like a worry like how like how do you deal with that
1: yeah that's a great question and that's why i, I don't want a huge credit card mm-hmm. built in my head because um speaking of the wild wild west amazon is kind of the wild wild west when it comes to they have terms of service and according to them you're technically supposed to have an authorization better from every single brand so and like you and i both know that's ridiculous yeah. and we're not going to be able to do rao
0: like that right
1: um so technically under their rules they can suspend you and like you lose your inventory the chances of that happening is like almost astronomically low
0: Mm -hmm. but but it it could happen it it could happen
1: Mm -hmm. so like i'm not going to put myself in a situation where like my life is going to be ruined um because that always is a chance so it's definitely on my mind and that's why i'm gonna make sure to continue to pay myself and like put myself in a good situation beyond just my what about you what are your thoughts
0: on all of that issue I personally I really like doing Amazon but I still have a long life ahead of me hopefully so I don't I don't I don't I don't want to say I don't plan to do Amazon forever I I think I'll do it until I can't do it anymore, but I'm going to have other businesses that I build off of my Amazon income. So if something was to happen, it won't be the end of the world because I have this other business here or this other business there. Like I want to do private labeling. I have like a couple of other businesses that have nothing to do with e-commerce that I want to do. I want to get into real estate too. So I just think it's in the back of my head. I don't focus on it every day, but I want to get to a point to where if it does happen, yeah, it will suck. But I do have other ways of being able to continue the lifestyle and the way I live.
1: Yeah, I feel that too. And that's part of the reason why I I spend so much time putting out content on social. I want to
0: talk about that too. Uh,
1: A personal brand is really valuable. Like I'm not huge on social media whatsoever, but like with Even the amount of work that I've done, like it, it creates a lot of opportunities and a lot of really good situations that helped hedge against Amazon going wrong.
0: Correct. I wanted to ask you about content creation. What, when did you decide to start doing content creation and was it YouTube first or was it just on Instagram first? And then why did you start to do the content?
1: Yeah, it was last year around late summer. And at that point, I was probably doing, um, I was mostly still doing some books, but mostly Mm R-A-O-A. And I was kind of struggling with it. Like I was watching all the YouTube videos. I was trying to learn. I even took a, like a course from Hustle Buddies. I was doing okay with it, but um, started to like learn from other online sellers, like Flips for Miles, for example, or Fields of Profit, for example. And they talked about how, helpful it was to be on social media and actually talking and giving to other sellers and so i'm like heck like why not like there was one clip of fields of profit talking about starting a social media Mm -hmm. i mean you basically need to just be okay with talking to a camera and having nobody listen to you for six months just talk into the void and eventually something will happen Mm -hmm. all right like just gonna do it for six months and see how this goes And even within six months could definitely tell that it was worth it. Got connected with so many people, um, started to kind of surround myself with people that were doing like double, triple the sales that I was doing and getting that normalized in my head. Like, oh yeah, we spend money on profitable inventory Mm -hmm. and get it prepped. And this is normal for us. Like that really took me to the next level. And that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't. for
0: Exactly. Um, I can agree with you 100% because there have been times in my Amazon career. Well, there was one time when the whole pandemic happened and all the lockdowns happened and I was selling books and then I couldn't get any more books because all the thrift stores were, were closed. I was ready to quit. Amazon and just move to the next thing. Cause I didn't know what I was going to do, but because I was already created content, some people resonated with my content. And one of the people that did resonate with my content actually became my mentor. And they told me about being able to sell groceries and doing groceries and how to get ungated and doing all that stuff. So if I wasn't, if I didn't put myself out there to do content and kind of talk about what I know, I, I wouldn't have met her And that wouldn't continue my business. Then I I wouldn't have met people to learn about online Mm -hmm. arbitrage. So it's just, i like to say I never started the, okay. The reason I started my channel was because I live in Germany. So when I started doing online arbitrage, when I started doing retail arbitrage and doing books and in Germany, there was no content about that. So I kind of had to figure out everything myself. So I just wanted to give back so that maybe the next person doesn't have to go through that whole process. And me giving, I think I put out like a lot of content, but I think that like the um, information that I got back has been way more than I have given out. So I kind of believe in that whole karma thing. So I just think that anybody, like you don't have to make a whole YouTube channel. Like you don't have to do that, but just making like little content on your Instagram or like things like that will get you to network with other sellers and you can only benefit from that.
1: Totally true. Even if it's just like a picture of the four boxes that you sent to Amazon and like a picture of your sales every once in a while.
0: Like, exactly.
1: like when you ask someone a question, like, they go to your page and they see like, oh, this person actually sells. This person actually has some skin in the game. They're not just some random person who's just like,
0: how do I make <laughs> 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 I get that a lot. Where do I find books at? Okay. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you... Okay, I wanted to ask you this about your eBay to um, Amazon flipping. I know doing regular online arbitrage, a lot of people use... Um, use software like uh, Tactical Arbitrage, um, SellerAmp, and BuyBot Pro. Do you use those type of software also? Or like, how do you go about sourcing these, these items?
1: Yeah, I actually have never used BuyBot Pro, but I use Keepa mm-hmm. and SellerAmp. I don't use Tactical Arbitrage, even though I know people who do, but it's primarily SellerAmp and uh, Keepa yeah so
0: basically, it's the exact same thing as doing like groceries online arbitrage, but it's just you're just using a different category. So like it's still like the like the same process
1: yeah. And I know when I did online arbitrage regularly, it was a very difficult part knowing where I'm going to source the item from because you see an Amazon listing and like, oh my gosh, like it's it's cranking out units. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to find it profitably. And so if you're doing eBay to Amazon, Like you just always look on eBay or Macari. Right. um, Of course, sometimes it's not going to be available um, a lot of the time, actually. But it really simplifies the process in my.
0: Nice. Okay. um, one of the last questions I like to ask people that come onto my um, podcast is, do you think that anybody could start selling on Amazon and become a full time seller or do you have to have a special skill or a special a special talent to become a full time Amazon seller?
1: Yeah, to become a full-time Amazon seller, you kind of just have to want to be a full-time Amazon seller and actually put in work and time learning about it. It's going to help if you network with other people. I mean, it's so cliche to say network, but if you just talk to other people online who are selling on Amazon as well, that's going to help out a lot. If you've never resold before, I would strongly recommend selling books first. Um, I know it's the least sexy way of selling on Amazon. It kind of is a grind, but it is really good money still. It's just so much simpler than doing retail arbitrage and online arbitrage that that is the way that you're actually going to succeed, get your foot in the door. And then from there, you can go on to other things if you want to. If you've been reselling for a long time, like, yeah, you can learn retail arbitrage and online arbitrage, but it's it's so much easier to get your foot in the door with books. What are your thoughts on that? Like, does it take someone special or any crazy ability to sell full time on
0: Amazon? I don't think it takes someone special or any crazy ability, but I think you do have to have some characteristics that, because I believe there's two different types of people in the world. There's people who have this innate spirit to want to make their own money. And like, kind of like, go out and hunt for for like their own food, and then and then neither and then neither one is right or wrong. So I'm not judging any anybody about it. And then there's people who find other things maybe more important, and just going to their job, having their income, and then going home and and doing other things. That's the way that that they want to live. So I think it would be kind of hard for that type of person to become a full time Amazon seller because they don't have the mindset to stick with things once it once it gets hard. But I think if you have that innate spirit of wanting to like create something or like build something, then you don't need any other special talent than just being able to stick with it and go through the hard parts.
1: I totally agree. I feel like we answered it basically in the same way, but differently. Yes. I say like, you have to want it. Like you have to be that person. Like spend serious time and serious effort on it. Like, I don't know about you when you first started reselling, but like, I remember Selling and being like, okay, if I make $3 an hour for this first month, like that is okay with me. I'm going to pound my head against the wall and make sure that this works and learn the skills and like put all dignity to, to the side with my hourly income for a while because there's a lot to learn at to the start. So, I, sorry, I, to, sorry to be discouraging, but no, like, uh, no, no, that, no. That, no. That's, that's, totally, that's totally okay and normal, but it's a new thing.
0: I agree with you 100 percent, because I think like I think I don't think I'm 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 different, but I think that goes into that group of people over here that we understand that. um, Instant gratification is not always good, and most of the time it's not always good. Anything that comes quick is usually bad. So like we understand that. Like I, like when I first started reselling and I actually had my proof proof of concept that it it actually works, I stopped caring about how much money I'm going to make today. I was more focused about how much money I'm going to make in a year or how much money I'm, I'm going to make in two years. And that always kept me going. Even when like, like I have bad moments, I always thought about what's going to be, how it's going to be two months from now when I can look, look back and say, oh, this was bad, but I actually learned how to fix that problem and then move on to the next thing. So I agree.
1: I totally agree. Yeah, such good perspective on that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. you. You have the exact same perspective. Thank you, Seth, so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate that. Where can the people get in contact with you or follow you?
1: I have a YouTube channel as well, which is also Checkmate Flips. There we kind of talk about doing eBay to Amazon online arbitrage. If you're into that, we sometimes do some thrifting content. Um, if you want to message me, I'm on Instagram. I check my messages every day. So make sure to get back in touch with you and I'd love to connect.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Right. Join Lewis every Friday to discuss all things related to running a successful Amazon business, including interviews from other successful six and seven-figure Amazon sellers. Subscribe to Lewis's YouTube channel to see the podcast and video format, and to learn how to start selling on Amazon.